Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because I am a global expert in what I do. And that is my point. There is no spoon. I I keep trying to tell people this. Who says that you can't do that? I did it. Who says you can't be a partner at Deloitte No Degree? I did it. Who says that you can't make it work? I've done it. Like, I'm not any more special. I'm living in El Paso. I didn't, my parents didn't go to college. I came here freaking homeless and I made it. And I've struggled every single day. Don't get me wrong. Like, I grind as hard as everyone else. I work as a 20-hour day still. I really put in the journey, but I, the difference is I enjoy it. And what happened in my 30s was it was dark, man. I had my Lamborghinis and I had my Porsches. I had everything, but I didn't have happiness. I was losing my parents. My dad and my mom are going through issues. They're about to divorce. My dad was going to the family. My mom had her eat, pray, love moment. Me and my fiance, we grew up at the time. We were broken up. My life was really different because I caused a lot of my problems because of my ego as a man. This can't be it. There has to be more. Wait, am I crazy? No. If you're yearning for more and working hard to make your dreams a reality, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Dreamcatchers. It's the only show committed to helping you self-actualize and then transcend, leaving you with the legacy you've always desired. Listen in on conversations with successful philanthropists, entrepreneurs, and founders every week as we connect with them for inspiration, education, and direction. Your host, Jerome Myers, is here to help you exit the matrix and transform into a leader of your own revolution. The question is, do you believe your dreams should be real? Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Dreamcatchers podcast. I'm your host, Jerome, and I've got the man, the myth, the legend, David Chen in the building today. David, how are things out in AZ? Awesome, Jerome. Thanks for having me. It's uh, nice and warm over here, which is why I like AZ in uh, November. So I'll take it. Now, when I was messing with you a little bit before we started recording, you're like, yeah, I'm in Arizona today. So I'm sure the (laughs) listeners are like, what what does that mean? So you spend a lot of time on the road. Give the listeners a little bit about your background and and what you're up to. Yeah, I mean, I travel a lot to different events and different clients and different engagements and roles out there back and forth between here and El Paso, Texas. So I'm in Phoenix and El Paso. I travel quite a what you call the proverbial road warrior, right? To the point where the hotels almost all seem the same. The uh, parking, you have t- taking photos of where you're parking at because you don't know where you are anymore. It's an amazing blessing and journey. Everything I've ever wanted as a child, but you get to see amazing parts of the world, but sometimes it's just nice to be home too. So no place is home that we have, but it's been a great journey. A lot of people might know me because I invested in one of the largest uh, esports companies called Face. 10 billion viewers, 300 million subscribers. 
IPOing to a billion dollars. Hopefully this Q1 just made that announcement on WSJ. Same group that was on Sports Illustrated cover with Bronny James and Kyler Murray. But I came to this country homeless, man. I was I was homeless. I ate bugs. We had nothing. We came from nothing. I'm gonna do the twist for everybody because I gotta catch them on the hook so they understand where I came from and how hard this was for me in my life and why this is a dream catchers podcast and why you can do things, right? So so I'm gonna go back because I wanted to give you guys that hook. But yeah, man, I mean I came to this country, I was born in type. We were homeless, man. We lived out of a garbage can. We couldn't speak the language. Mom and dad couldn't speak English very, very well. Not only did I have to learn how to speak the language, I had to assimilate in the culture and I had to teach my siblings how to become an American. So it was a real, real interesting upbringing as a child, man. But it was, it was one that made me who I am today. I, I, I wait, you said you ate bugs. Yeah, man. Ate bugs. <laughs> Protein. Come on. I mean, we, dude, we were so poor. You talk about, about where you came from and you talk about how like, it's not your fault you were born in there, but it's your fault that you can't get out. I mean, I've had every problem that anybody can imagine, man. And I got really lucky, man. I mean, you seen the love from one person. That was my mother who was giving that to me. And, and, you know, no faith what was picked on as a child. I was a smaller kid as a child. Now I'm like six, five, but when I was a kid, I was really small, picked on by my race, picked on because we were poor. Dude, we were sitting at a, at like at a, a cafeteria, you know, kids would switch out food. Nobody wanted to switch with me because I had an egg sandwich and that was a good day, right? Or half a hot dog. There was no bologna. There's no pizza. There was no school giving us food. There was no welfare. We literally had nothing, man. I mean, literally nothing. And my parents worked in the restaurant and worked really, really hard. And I, I tell them the story, like, and it's recently that the story has just come back to me, which is kind of weird. I was looking at a Captain America toy figure, probably about a month ago, given to one of my nephews. And it just brought back this memory when I was a kid. I maybe had been six or seven and my parents took me to the restaurant that they were working at, hid me in the coat check room, gave me a water, gave me my Captain America toy and told me to STFU and not say a word because I, we were at work and they had no childcare for me. So I sat in a corner very quietly for many, 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 many hours. But that's the type of life I had, man. And, and, and it's an amazing thing because you see how hard your parents worked and my parents didn't get along. My, my, my dad was a very difficult person to deal with back in the day. He's overcome a lot of his issues, I think. But now he's one of my best friends. I love him to death and he's a great guy. But that healing, that whole entire process while trying to learn the language, man, it's a lot. It was a lot that, that I'd go through as a kid, but it was a blessing because all the hardships of my life turned me into who I was today. And compassion was kind of the biggest one because I just understood how hard it was for a lot of people. Whoa. All right. So <laughs> there's so many places I'm going to go. I hope the lady, you people listening to this thing, we about to have a great interview here. So, all right. I'm looking over your shoulder and I see pandas on people walking across the street, or maybe it's pandas walking across the street. Yeah. Uh, what is that? What, what's going on? Well, it's funny. Panda's kind of the brand that I kind of came up with. So now anybody who uh, goes to a Panda Express or sees a panda bear randomly, they'll send me photos. And, you know, and I, and I, and I like pandas. I mean, I just feel like they're universal, right? They're, they're friendly. They're universal. They give hope. And so that was kind of my thing. That's a photo from Abbey Road from one of the advertisements we did for one of our companies that we have. Just an amazing branding idea that we came up with and it's worked ever since. Wow. All right. So 
What is, but what does panda mean to you? It's a universal person, right? Compassion and love and the Kung Fu Panda thing kind of made it cool. You don't want to mess with them if you don't need to. But compassion and love is everything and doing the right thing and and trying to guide people and just trying to be friendly with people. I think we lack a lot of that. I think a lot of us have our own opinions and all our opinions are very validated because there are opinions. But at the end of the day, the reality is, I mean, that's what makes things so great is your ability to work with people from different parts of the world and different stories and learning from them. And at the end of the day, you learn one thing. We're just all people trying to make it. That's it. Everyone right, is so trying to make it. That's it. I'm coming for you now, David, because you said you're in a venture space, right? Venture capital, you're investing in companies, going to IPOs, and you're talking about compassion and caring and love. Those two things don't exist in the same space, do they? They do. They absolutely do. And that's what makes things different nowadays. You look at traditional Wall Street and you look at the world and you look what happened to GameStop and Reddit. It's the people who are gamers this youth group that the things that mean you were told are a waste of time as kids. And now it's taken over the world and entered different universes. It's the ability to touch a billion people's lives or a third of the world at games and show them the right way and the right pathway. I mean, it's instantaneous access. It's no longer me playing basketball. I walk on a court. I'm a pretty decent player, but I'm six, four, six, five. And I play someone who's six foot 10. I'm not that great of a player anymore. There's physical issues, but with gaming, and the reason I got into that was that takes it all away, right? You could be a male or a female. You, you, you can be whatever race you want, whatever you believe in, but if you can game. And there's varieties of games with different skill sets. So now it becomes a very universal thing. And what ended up happening was I invested in this company in 2017. It was called FaceClan. They had 10 billion views, 380 million subscribers. And they had, at that point, I put them in a Super Bowl commercial. And they had A-Rod and Charlie Sheen in this commercial, the Planet Penis commercial. And my man, Gary, he's a good friend of mine. And we, we kind of did this one together. And what ended up happening was our guy had more engagement than A-Rod and Charlie Sheen did combined. And he was there for one second in the background. One second. Now you run huh? these numbers, statistically speaking, and you start to realize that the youth groups from the 35 and under are the big buyers and big suppliers. In fact, they're the movers and shakers. They're the lifestyle people. They're the reason that we are who we are now and doing what we have to do. So if your ability is to be able to connect with them through gaming and esports, then you've done your job. And through that, we created the North American Collegiate League, which is a which is a league I own that's in 220 universities in 30 countries. We've taken 12 people pro. I mean, kids that our first League of Legends tournament, we had a kid sign with Drake's 100 Thieves, like his Drake's team. Like, I kid you not. There's 180 universities that are giving out scholarships for esports. We run combines. We teach. I even teach at universities tournament design, tournament management, brand and sponsorships at SMU, one of the top universities in the world. And I teach esports because it helps bullying. A lot of these kids during the pandemic were suicidal. It helped them with that because they could talk to their friends. And I'll tell you this, I grew up in the 90s. From nine to three, that's when you get in the most trouble, right? That's when a lot of bad things happen. Would you rather have your kids go out nine to three? Or sit at home and play video games and talk to their friends from nine to three. Simple question. Like your friends. That's yeah. right. Because they're sitting there and they're talking to their friends, they're engaging on it. So I finally found a pathway to reach a billion people from all walks of life by gaming. And then I was an ex Deloitte managing partner, the youngest in the world at a $46 billion company. And I switched to that into private equity and got into gaming 
because we could help people, man. It is the most rewarding thing I have ever done. And you can hear it in my voice and help kids from all around the world. I don't care where they came from. As long as you have a phone, you can game. That is the people that we're touching. And that is the outreach that we're working on. Wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me you went from eating bugs to Deloitte to private equity to running gainly, to lecturing at universities around the world, to having your own, helping people get scholarships to play video games? Yeah, man. And I'm a kid from El Paso, Texas, man. I mean, this is how great this country is, man. This is how great life is. It's just, you just got to do it, man. I mean, when I graduated high school, I got to tell you this story. I went to a really small school and it was a private school. My parents were really hard, but this is again, when I grew up in the nineties. So seventh grade, I'm about 13 you and I know what the problems are around there in the 90s, right? 93, 94. So it, was, it was a hard time for kids that grew up in the 90s. And I recognized real quickly that my parents had worked too hard and that wasn't the life they wanted me to go to. So I went to this private school and my parents worked really hard. I mean, that time we didn't have our, we didn't own our first home until we were 15. So let me put that out there right now. They really worked hard. And I really admire my parents because they had their businesses in Mexico. They had a business in the U S they could barely speak English and they had to do it in three different languages to talk to clients and cross the border every single day to our lines. Like we went to Mexico and then we went, went back to the U S it was the other way around. Like, so this is where your, your mind starts getting blown, but that's how I started learning to speak different languages. I speak five languages because I was able to be in a border area and, and, and out of all the people at Deloitte, there's, it's a $46 billion company, 80% of the largest companies work for us, largest accounting finance firm. Five people could speak the languages I spoke. Four of them work for me. One is now the current minister of economy from Mexico to China. That's how big what we did. But when we started out in El Paso, we were my parents were working every single day. When I graduated college, I had a teacher once write, write she says, I don't want to give you a letter of recommendation because I'm going to say David's a nice kid. He works really hard, but he's probably not going to get that far in life. I had that actually said to me. So then I go to college at University of Arizona. And like most kids, dude, I'm 18. I don't, I'm not a man. I, I was nowhere near mature being a man. I think most men can agree at 18. We're not very mature people, dude. Now you're going to give me all the freedom in the world and a little bit of money to go run around and, and cause a ruckus in college away from my family. But I've been with my family the whole entire time. And I dropped out. I spent six years there in college. And for most Asian kids, you should be a PhD. And I was a dummy degree, man. I didn't, even, I was like a junior, like still trying to figure out my life because I couldn't figure out how to study and work more than a day a week. And this is in my 20s. So I was completely and utterly lost. And I made partner at Deloitte by 34. So that 12 years of my life, the transitions I did to get to where I, get, where I am now, my 40s, it, is, it has been the most rewarding and the most honest journey I've ever been through. And I encourage every person to go through that and just look at yourself and see what you don't like. And the only reason you're not doing what you don't want to do is because you don't want to do it. It's just that simple. Like all these kids can go out there and figure out how to get to Cancun with no money and figure out how to get there and are the biggest travel experts. But then you can't figure out how to do anything else when the whole world's knowledge is in the palm of your hands, but you can't figure it out. No, you don't care. And that's just the truth. That's what happened to me. And they know how to plan out vacations. Then which car is coming? And what is the new swag that's coming out? And how the game is going to go. But you don't care to educate yourself? That's all on you, man. That's all on you. So that's what kind of happened to me. 
And, and ironically now, as I go back, I'm on the board of directors of my whole private school, my whole teachers and like life is different. Like they all listen because they've seen the journey that's happened and it just all falls on you at the end of the day, man. That's just really what it comes down to. <laughs> Get them brother. Get them. All right. So I, I don't understand. I'm baffled, right? You're a partner at Deloitte. Why would you ever leave? You made it. That's the American dream. And the people you, you, t- all the people who said you wouldn't do it, you did it. You yeah. pinnacle in your thirties. There's an interesting thing that happens when you make it in your thirties at Deloitte. Remember when I pulled up Deloitte that day, I'm a college dropout and they weren't happy about that. So I made partner at Deloitte as a dropout. Yeah. And let me tell you that. Yeah. The one you didn't part finish? Is, I didn't, I didn't finish. Come on. No, man, I didn't have a chance. How can you lecture at a university if you didn't finish? Because I am a global expert in what I do. And that is my point. There is no spoon. I, I keep trying to tell people this. Who says that you can't do that? I did it. Who says you can't be a partner at Deloitte No Degree? I did it. Who says that you can't make it work? I've done it. Like, I'm not any more special I'm living in El Paso. I didn't, my parents didn't go to college. I came here freaking homeless and I made it. And I've struggled every single day. Don't get me wrong. Like I grind as hard as everyone else. I work as a 20 hour day still. I really put in the journey, but I, the difference is I enjoy it. And what happened in my thirties was it was dark, man. I had my Lamborghinis and I had my Porsches. I had everything, but I didn't have happiness. I was losing my parents. My dad and my mom are going through issues. They're about to divorce. My dad was about to go in the family. My mom had her eat, pray, love moment. Me and my fiance, we grew up at the time. We were broken up. My life was really different because I caused a lot of my problems because of my ego as a man, right? It was always more. Think about this, Jerome. Why do we want the next best car? Is it because we really don't, we need the next best car? No, man. It's because our friend got it and we want to prove it. So then I'm sitting here one day with one of my good friends and he's in the middle of a divorce and he sits there and he tells me he has a Lambo and he has a nice car and another nice car. And he goes, man, I want to get the Huracan. I said, why? And he goes, well, because his car I was wanted. And I said, I'm going to just say Steve as his name. I said, Steve, when you were in your twenties and you first got the Lambo, didn't you just say you made it? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, well, why do you want the next one? He's like, cause it's the car I want. And I'm like, but we have friends that own Venadors and Bugattis and Paganis and helicopters and jets and two jets. Like, when is it enough? And that's when people say you do things for other people that don't matter. Like, if you genuinely like the car, then buy it. It's your car. Who cares? But if you're doing it to impress other people, you put yourself in these holes, which you don't have the operations or the time to do it. People do that in business all the time. You have one business, you open three because it's an ego play. Everything in life has been screwed up because of your own ego. Whether it's ego to prove to yourself or ego to prove to other people, and at 35, I was so unhappy being a partner at Deloitte, man. I didn't have it. I wasn't helping. I was helping economies and things like that. But, dude, I wasn't generally helping people, bro. And, and that was the difference. It wasn't because I have a ton of money, like Bill Gates. I can retire. I can't retire. I got to work every single day. If I fail today, my parents don't eat. If I fail today. Well, no, no, come on. Yeah, yeah, it's the truth. If I stop working, nobody, I don't have a backup. I am my backup. And for most people out there who are living in fantasy world, you're your only backup. So what are you doing? Why are you slowing down? Why aren't you doing what you're supposed to do? 
Like, who's going to save you? Nobody, because nobody cares. Nobody's going to sit there and you can read, watch a thousand motivational videos and they can hit you and you're still sitting there being lazy as hell because you don't care. It just doesn't matter to you. Success has to matter to you. And what is your version of success is very different from mine. But mine at that point was just a completion of just being happy, man. And in my mid-30s, I left away. I had to refine myself in my journey. And after Wait, whoa, that, whoa. Man, be- Tell me the day. I need the story, right? I call this the red pill moment. I, I got cars, I got houses, I'm walking away from it. What happened? Give me the, give me the play. The, the, the play-by-play was, here I am in my 30s, and I'm at Deloitte, and I have a target on my back because I was the only minority there. I have a target on my back because I was the youngest guy there. I have a target on my back because I didn't graduate Wharton, and I didn't graduate the Kellogg School like everyone else did. And I had a target on my back. And when you do new things and you shake up the old, and that's in any industry, you will have a target on your back. You think accountants are, are very political? They're very political. Like they have to be political, right? That's just the reality of the situation. And I just remember it was one of those days where I wasn't getting the support that I felt I needed. A person that I entrusted, I mean, it was still some grimy stuff, became the head of the Asia division. Turns out that he's been trying to get me out of the company, even though I brought him into the division. And so thinking where I was in my life and thinking about how the situation was in, in, cause I was in Mexico, I had to leave. I, I just, I couldn't do it anymore. And the pace was started devaluating and I had to cross the border. And I really kind of feared that the future wasn't there because I didn't want to be there for another 20 years, unhappy, miserable, and not helping people that mattered to me. And so I hit it. The thing about being on the top on a firm like that, or any company is you have to fight to stay on the top, right? If you look at, the disproportion of one percenters and you look at Jeff Bezos at 190 billion and you look at Oprah at a billion, like there's still this much of a difference, right? Elon Musk is here. So for, for anyone that's a millionaire, like you can see the difference. It's the same thing in these big firms, right? I was a managing partner and I ran a division of it, but I wasn't necessarily really happy and fulfilled. And when that had happened and my parents were having issues and I started having issues and everything that a man thought he should be that we see on TV, I realized that none of that was right. I would tell people, like, if you're ashamed to see your mother on a Saturday, on a Sunday, then you probably should have done it on a Saturday. And that's what I was living. And I had to change that around real quick. So for the next eight months, I sat at home like a hermit. My niece was born. And here's this baby girl in my arm. I've become everything I've hated, like everything my dad was, everything that we know is morally wrong, Jerome. Everything that we get caught up in when it comes to the Joneses, I hated myself. I wasn't happy, man. And I'm I've been there. The- been there. I've, I've been there. Been Keep there, going. And, and it's a revelation because first thing is you blame everybody, and then you start manning up and you blame yourself. Then you start hitting with emotional engagements and, sh- and issues that you thought you had overcame from childhood drama and, and whatever it is, right? For me, it was always watching Uncle Phil on TV and wishing I had an Uncle Phil or me always wishing I had a dad like that. My dad didn't know any better. He just tried his best way he knew how to do it. It wasn't like you could Google it like I can Google it now and figure out what the right way of doing things are, you know? And so I learned to forgive him. And I realized that my grandpa wasn't the greatest dad either, but my grandpa, he overcame communism and two wars. And so his life was hard. And my great grandpa didn't even exist because he died when grandpa was So who do I blame? My dad? My grandpa, my great grandpa, or me as a man, I have to break the cycle and stop it. So with a lot of help of my fiance, 
I started breaking the cycle of things that I knew were right. I knew that morally weren't right. I knew that were that if my kids would see it, I had to break that legacy. When people talk about breaking the generational curse, we're not just talking about money. We're talking about the way you handle yourself as a human being, as a man, to be better. And it doesn't matter if you help one person. If one person helps another person, the world's a better place. I don't, I don't care. But through gaming, I can help people much more quicker because I have a voice and it really does help the kids. And so I tell them the story. I tell parents my journey. I tell Asian parents my journey. I'm an excellent managing partner who's in gaming. I tell athletic directors that, oh, the team that I bought into is on the cover of Sports Illustrated. But I tell them the honest truth in the journey. And I think it helps because it gives them a different way of looking at things that most people don't look at, man. That journey of finding yourself is the most beautiful and the most hardest thing you have to do. And I look at myself quite frequently when there's a problem and try to assess and see what I did wrong to be better. But isn't that what life should be about is being better and helping people become better. And so when you ask the question of, well, can you get there and still help people? The answer is yes, because it makes gaming a real esports a real thing, which means all the other esports teams who I know are giving us high fives and hoping that this is the next level because it gives the majority of the people, 67% of the world that, that games, a voice in the world and it gives it monetary value. So no longer is it a waste following your dreams in that. And that's where I find the completion of what I've done. Beautiful. I appreciate it. Beautifully that. put together. I mean, the amount of thought and work that had to go into being able to process all of that and then present it to the world and a cohesive and congruent manner is that that's just poetry, my friend. So you walk out because you felt like you were in a hostile territory and you say, I, you, you're still working 20 hour days. So you don't say I got enough money. I'm good. You go through this eight months of reflection and recalibration. And so I mean, I'm basically working the whole time too. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm working. I'm not sitting there in some eight month journey because like, like with no money, like I'm working every day, but on my time off, I'm really trying to think of who I am. And that's the hardest part. Like, I don't think people understand when you are, you hear these two wolves, right? The way we were taught, the way that we're taught in society, the way we're taught now is get known, get seen, get known, get seen, get known, get seen. And then our validation is likes and comments, likes and comments, likes and comments, likes and comments. And for anyone to tell you that when they see four likes, it doesn't hurt their feelings, they're full of crap. It sucks. Nobody likes it. I don't like it. Nobody likes it. And going from there. But the value is you don't know what those four people who are watching it, how much you've impacted their lives. So I get messages from people. And they're like, hey, man, you totally changed my life on a post that I thought nobody in the world was even paying attention to. I was like, no comments that one day, right? You just don't know how you can help people by putting yourself out there and being honest with them. And so when I had to go through that journey of trying to figure out what I was going to do and who I was, dude, I was scared. I'm still scared, man. I still don't want to make these bad mistakes, but I'm trying to let everyone know it's normal. Like you can be at the top of your game. You could be six, five, you could overcome everything. I'm 280 pounds. I'm a big, massive man. And still be really concerned because we don't talk about that stuff because we try to make it not a normal thing when we're doing it to our closest people that we love. So I, I, I talk about it very openly to people on podcasts and businesses and speeches because we're all going through it. That's the crazy part in one form or the other. There's no one who's 100% sure about themselves. I mean, I have friends who are Mr. Olympias 
and they ask questions all day long. I have the smartest people in the world ask questions all day long, but it has to be a journey that you're happy and proud of. And that's what I had to go through, man. And it was, uh, it's something I go through every single day. Now I still have to go through it and think about what I've done in the past and how I can, you know, change it and be a better person. But at least I'm trying and it matters. And that's why I encourage a lot of people to do that too. A lot of people want to unlock their ultimate potential, but lack the strategy, support, and stamina necessary to achieve their major goals. They often try to overcome these challenges by trying to do it on their own, causing frustration, fatigue, and eventually failure. We have developed a model for a center life, aka the red pill, to help them bolster their beliefs, gain clarity on their path to success, and provide accountability as they take action on their goals. When they take the red pill, they rapidly accelerate attainment of their goals and begin to experience a life of significance and impact. Want to find out more? Hop over to JeromeMyers.co. Now, let's get back to the episode. I'm trying and it matters. So what would you say your gift is, right? Because... Some people are still scratching their head. They're like, wait, he didn't graduate from college. Like, how does he become the managing partner for a division at Deloitte? And then how does he figure out how to do the next thing? Because you go to private equity after that, right? Yeah. um, Google. I'm not even joking. Like, I'm a crypto expert because I Google and watch YouTube. I am a a esports expert because I did the same thing. I am a trade expert because I read and did it. That's no different than getting an education at Harvard. The only difference was I picked and choose what I wanted to learn. And I was always curious. And that's where it gets interesting because I've done it in five different industries, five times over, right? Five times over. I've done this in five different industries. And they were pretty successful in those industries because I learn it and I make my mistakes, but there's certain templates. And let me explain this to a business person. Let's just use a restaurant as a simple example. You go to a German restaurant and you go to a Chinese restaurant And you go to a Mexican restaurant, and let me tell you what they all have. They all have appetizers. They all have main courses. They all have desserts. They all have drinks. In business, it's the same template. Cost, ROI, marketing cost, what your net profit is, it's the same template. The only difference is what you're putting in there, right? Tacos, compound chicken, whatever. Life is the same template. So in every business, you have to do the same thing. Customer service is number one. Understanding your customer and truly understanding them on a deep dive is what's going to make a difference. And that's how I became partner. If it was due on the first and I am the, I am the person issuing the service to the client, most people are like, hey, well, you didn't turn on the first. So that's your problem. That's not being service. That's just being a jerk. Services on the 15th, calling them before it's due and saying, hey, we haven't received the information can we help you with anything? Services following up the following week and talking to their general managers and their CEOs and saying, look, if you don't have this, this is going to be a penalty for your company and so-and-so is going to come and get you. That's service. The day before it's due, you're making sure that internally people have communicated with the client so you have it done by the first. That's service. Most people are like, here's my money to the first. I'll call you on the first. If there's a problem, we'll talk then. That's not service. That's just being a freaking jerk. That's terrible business. I learned just to give service and I gave more than I ever had it. When people talk about abundance, like when my clients were flying from Deloitte, they're from another country. Think about this. They don't know anybody. They need friends. They they want, well, I'm your friend. I'll show you around. Sure. I had a list of which supermarkets to go to, which restaurants to eat at, 
the word shop, where Asian restaurants to shop at, so that they knew specifically that it mattered to them. Did anyone pay me to do that service? No, but what I did is I developed a real connection with the person. I really care. I genuinely care. And because I genuinely care, I have been able to skip the things that most people who generally don't care about people don't make it. They just don't. Like, I don't know how to explain this to you, man. When I left from being the big corporate Yahoo with the Lamborghini and the nice watches to becoming this person who probably has more than I've ever had in my life. I'll be straightforward with you, but it just, just genuinely trying to help people without saying what I'm going to get out of it. All the bad people started disappearing from my life. It, it, they just melted away. And all the good people, it didn't matter if it was like Aaron Jones, who's my business partner or Rick Barry, who's my business partner. Like think about these names. Or Austin Eckler, who's my business partner, like guys that I would have never been able to talk to started coming in my life because they were just good people. I can't even explain this to you, Jerome, but I will promise you this. There's a reason that every major person is saying it, because once they've discovered that giving without expecting true intentions, the universe just somehow takes care of itself. I can't explain it, but I can promise you it's true. So... I've struggled with that, right? Because if you're surrounded by the wrong people and you do that, you just end up empty. Mm -hmm. And then when the right people come into your life, the ones who want to actually create mutually beneficial relationships, you can do that all day because it's coming back and it's coming back in droves. And I, I was that guy who was just giving, giving, giving. And I was a guy who cared too much and all that stuff. And I was doing it with people who saw world the way that I tried to position you as, the venture capitalists who only cared about P&Ls and you're like, no, that's not real. That's not me. This is who I am. And when you do that with people who only the old guard, right. Only care about the P&Ls. Like that's why you had a target on your back. What you're describing with your experience in corporate was because it was the old guard that was running that. And now you're in a space and place where you literally only spend time with people you enjoy. Yeah, it's a blessing. And the thing about having a target on your back is we'll all have a target on our back. And change is the scariest thing, man. Like, there's a study that said that 80% of people don't do anything because they're afraid of change. Like, that's the hardest thing to get over. But how do you get rid of people that, that matter to you? Well, what about them? What about you mattering to them? Like, that was the hardest thing for me to understand. Like, if I matter so much to you, you didn't want to be a friend with me anymore over a thousand dollars of an issue. That was the value of me towards you. Well, thank God it wasn't when it was $20,000. You didn't want to be a friend of me because you couldn't communicate. So, cause you thought I didn't like your idea. I loved your idea. You just didn't communicate with me properly. And that's what happens. That's an ego issue. And, I, and I'll explain to you why I think it's an ego issue. It's an ego issue because it's an ego to stay and an ego to go. You have an ego that you have to say and prove that they're right. And you also have an ego. Well, if I let them, I'm going to let them go because I don't want to be with them anymore. Think about what I just said. It's an ego to stay and an ego to go. Now the question is, which one's greater? Because it hurts you in the end. So let them go. I mean, like there's 7 billion people in the world. The average person gets, has a friend for seven years and that's it. Being mutually beneficial or helping somebody on the road and then they move on to their journey that's okay. That's okay. You taught them something that they could go on the journey and they'll teach someone in life. And maybe you'll get the recognition. Maybe you won't. And I'll tell you the most easiest way I dealt with this. I'm sitting out there one day and I'm donating a dollar to someone who needed a dollar. And my friend looks over at me and he goes, 
hey, bro, what are they going to do with that, right? And I go, I don't know what. And he goes, well, they're going to do blah, 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 blah with it. So I looked over my friend. I said, whatever you believe in, but between what I believe in and myself, I gave that with good intentions for him to do something good with it. Whatever he does it with himself and whatever he believes in, that's his problem. But my intentions were good, so I don't have to worry about it. So if my intentions are good and some schmo says I'm a crook, oh, well, then I'm a crook to you. Then you move on and I move on and keep doing what I'm doing because it doesn't matter what you said to me. My intentions weren't bad. Now, if anything you said hurt because my intentions weren't 100% pure and true, and now it starts grinding at me a little bit. Now my ego starts coming in place. Now I have to defend it. And the reality is, it just isn't. I don't care. I mean, it's not that I don't care about the person. I just, it's not true. So why do I have to care about it? That's the difference between me now, I think later in my 40s and I was in my 30s and my 20s. I'm just more aware of things that matter and things that don't, and that, that, that just doesn't matter anymore. So when you did that self-reflection, you became more aware of yourself. And through that acceptance of yourself, because you were aware of yourself, you, you come to this place where it's like, that's important. That's not very easy. Move on next thing. And I think you're probably solving bigger problems too. So the things that may have taken energy in the past, there's just no capacity to deal with them because of what you're spending your energy on. This is crazy. Okay. So you're literally telling me that you figured out how to be a VC by Googling it. Is that like, come on. Crypto expert, gaming expert, Googling it, man. Research. That's what I'm saying. Everybody's a travel expert. Why? You know why? Because it matters. It's it's just that simple, right? Everybody, everyone, for those people who know everything that's going on in the world of gossip, they're all gossip experts. Well, you're an expert in something because you spend an infinite amount of time researching, understanding, and being part of that. What's the difference between doing that and reading about how crypto works or reading how NFTs work or reading how anything works? There's no difference. The only difference is you just chose to go on the site or not the site. It's all by choice. So there is no, oh, I can't learn this. That's all that, dude, I have ADD. Right. I have all the problems everyone has. I had didn't have a good childhood with my father. Man. I grew up in the ghetto. I mean, I, I, I didn't finish school. I was picked on for my race, man. I mean, I can go on and on and on and on and on and on and on about every problem that everyone has. And let me tell you what the big answer is. Big boo-hoo. Nobody cares. And I'll tell you why nobody cares. Because you have to fix it for people to care. So then you can be here and tell your story to let other people know, dude, you can do it too. There is no special ingredient. There is no magic pill. It is really a choice of getting off of your ass and figuring out how you want to live the life, your life, the rest of your life, and being consistent with it. That's it. If everybody leaves you because you're doing the right thing, then you did the right thing. If you want to learn, then learn. I mean, it's on your freaking phone. Like, I don't get why people think it's so difficult. It isn't difficult. Where do I start? Start with, where do I start on this subject? That's how you start. Like, it's so mind-blowing to me, the amount of education. And we're covering our eyes. We'll go, video games waste time. No, it's not. Ask your kid who's influencing them right now. Ask him how big the team that I'm part of. They, we just, they, they just did a collab with Batman. With freaking Batman. We're in the freaking DC universe. It's a billion-dollar IPO. And this is one of my investments that I came in in esports. My point is, there's a whole world out there that you can still be the cool kid that you were, still look, watch Iron Man, still play games, still do business. 
and still connect with children and become that person that you wish you always had, but you never had. Jesus Christ. (laughs) All right. So. Man. Okay. How did you change your network? Because Deloitte's position does one thing for you, but when you walk out of there, it's a totally different world. And you, you couldn't use daddy's network to get to the table. You couldn't like how outside of being nice, I I know you're going to go there, but give me more. What, what is your objective when you're talking to somebody? Let's talk about the two types of people you're talking to, right? Everybody has an objective. You have 30 seconds to a minute to close that objective. You go to the bar, you want to talk to someone, get the phone number, you have 30 seconds to do it, right? That's really what it is. You want to do a pitch, you have a minute to do the pitch. Everybody has an objective. What is your objective when you're talking to somebody? Everybody. My objective today is to be on your podcast and spew information and questions you're asking me. So I've completed my objective. Your objective is providing a good podcast. You completed your objective. Most people don't go into things thinking they have an objective. They just walk in and out mundane and no focus on what they have to do. If my objective is I have to do this every single day to make partner, then I'm going to do this every single day until I make partner. But at least I know where my road is and where I'm going to end. You don't aimlessly run around the United States, very few people do, and say, hey, I'm going to figure out where I'm going to go. In the real world, it really doesn't work that way, right? You have the time they think you going to come back. You know what your objective is. What's your objective, right? So if you're sitting here networking, you don't know anybody, there's levels to this. There's levels to get to these different levels of people. But it starts with the people you're talking to, which is nobody's bringing you down. Let me tell this to this, what I tell people. Most people will give you an endless amount of shit because you want to start something. So when you finally start doing something, right, right, they'll give you a minute out of it. You have to figure it out. You're learning, you're educating, you're motivating. And the first thing in your mind is I'm going to do it. So then you start doing it. And now everybody's an expert. Everybody has an opinion on your show, on how you're doing things. How should we, The guy that didn't believe in you has it. The guy who kind of believed in you has it. And now everybody has an opinion. Then when you finally make it, everybody who sat there is now saying, wow, man, Jerome has changed. He's made it. He's not the same type of person he was back in the day. And then when you retire, it has been. So if it didn't make a difference when you were thinking about it, when you started it, when you made it and retire, then who cares about their opinion? Because you're never going to please the haters. I don't even feed the trolls. Move on. I don't even care. You don't exist in my life. It doesn't matter. You don't, you're not messing with my chi. Why should I give that to you? I have people I can help. My energy is we only have 24 hours a day. We all have the same 168 hours a week. We all have the same 168. You don't get one more minute than I do, unless God forbid something happens physically, but you just don't. So I'm going to donate my my energy to someone who's negative and screw with me. When I got three hours, I can help someone else that's positive and I can help seven more people that will overcome that one idiot. Why would I want to live like that? So when you network, you, you, out of 99 people, you're going to talk to one or 2%, but you have to find meaningful relationships with meaningful people. Anybody can talk about a big game and how they're going to make all this money. And all this. dude, I sit there and I'll say this all the time. It doesn't matter. What is the meaningful process behind it? They're, what are their real intentions? If making money is your real intention, I hate to tell you guys this, there's nobody in the world whose not real intention is to make money. The only difference between you and those people are, why are you trying to do this? And are the collective whole going to help you? If you swim with sharks and the only thing you care about money is, do you think the sharks are going to help you? 
Uh-huh. But if you're working with people that want to collectively help you and build a bridge, then you're building it together. You've seen them with epic sports teams. Top players leave one team to another team. They can't bite in the system. They don't want to work. They don't win championships. Egos break it up. Rest Kobe, one of my favorite players, and Shaq, but they said they said together that have been 10 championships. The ego of man is what kills a man. So that's what it was. So when I go back to networking is you don't need to hang out the coolest guy and the biggest guy. This happened to me at a recent networking event. Nobody knew that I invested in phase. Nobody knew I was a big in esports. Nobody knew I was teaching. I go to this event. I do an interview. I've sent it talking. By the end of it, everybody hit me up after they realized the things that I've done. But I didn't just sit there and pound my chest, let everybody know who I was. It didn't matter. It was irrelevant. The relevancy is I have meaningful connections with people that wanted to know who I was. And then that's what people I'm working with first. Not the people who figured out who I was and then want to work with me. There's a big difference, right? Meaningful relationships develop meaningful things. And so the... Were you intentional about who you reached out to? Like, I'm lost because ascending the ladder, like, I mean, you've dropped some major names on this podcast, right? And not because you're a name dropper, but those really are your friends. Like, I suppose if you pick up and look at your text messages, they're right there. But like the ability to get access to those people, because you talked about the levels. Yeah, the answer now. The answer is this. Everything is a level. To get to level two, you have to complete level one. That means you have to treat the people at level one normally and good. You don't know who they know. You don't know if they know someone from level 99. You don't know. People discount a lot of people because of where they sit. I try to treat everybody the same, whoever you are, because you all have value. We're just in different phases in our lives for this value. So if you, as as you get higher in levels, like in sports, you can only, you have to start making less mistakes, right? You play pro ball. You can't make the same mistakes you made in college and you did in high school. You're leveling up. So you're learning and you're training yourself. So as you're networking levels, if you treat everyone right and respectful and don't say things you can't do, or don't connect people that you already question about, like your gut already knows is wrong. Don't connect with those people. Follow your gut. These people eventually lead you to other people. And by treating everybody right, the levels start increasing. They start reaching out. I didn't know that my partner knew Rick Barry. I know that this guy knew that guy. I treated this guy so well and, and did good. And that two years later, he tells me that Rick Barry is his friend and Rick and I become business partners. But you see, my intention wasn't, oh, I know you knew Rick Barry. So let me go figure out how to become your friend for two years. Oh, it's been two years. You haven't just seen Rick Barry. A lot of people do it that way. And it's the wrong way. Where it's me, it's like, yo, I want to generally get to know you just and that's what I mean. If you treat everyone nice, your network becomes bigger because nobody will introduce you to someone else, especially if my name's online, if you act like a dick. It's just that simple, man. I ain't introducing you. I don't care who you are because it's a reflection of me. So when I talk about abundance and really being nice and really giving it out and dishing it out in, in that positive aspect, that's what I mean. And think about it. Be able to other people and other levels and eventually you still have to maintain your value, your worth, the things you said you're going to do to get to those levels. And that's how I got into phase. I had nightclubs when I was at downtown uh, and when I was at, at Deloitte and I had this DJ, his name was Clinton Sparks. This guy produced for like Lady Gaga and like all the major artists, big name. So for 10 years, we, we just stayed friends. There's nothing out of it. Facebook comment, say hi, say hi there. I'm so glad I paid him when he DJed for me, right? Like did it the right way. 
he tells you a story that the next day when I met him, it was like the first time he's ever DJ. I asked if he wanted to go to breakfast and just talk. And he was like, no one's ever asked me that. So this is a, he's a big name. We're sitting there talking. 10 years later after friendship, he's the one who calls me in and goes, hey, you're interested in investing into this company? And I said, sure, I'd love to do it. 10 years of no idea that this was going to lead me to my moment in my life. And for 10 years, I was just being honest and a friend to him and wanted nothing from him. This big DJs producing Gaga songs and Bieber songs and Khaled songs. We're just friends. And how that happened was I just, I wanted to invite him to breakfast because he was at my nightclub spinning. I had no intentions out of it. I just wanted him thank you for coming. I know you're a big DJ. Let's have some breakfast. And he said, yes. And for 10 years of just good intentions and friendship, commenting, saying positive things, he calls me to, to invest this and it changes my whole life. That's how it works. Good intentions, man. The funny part is there's no way to hack a shortcut that you literally have to be a good person Yes. In order for those things to happen. Yes. I love that. It's an amazing feeling, though. You can't hack it, man. Like, the best thing, and I don't know that much time, but there's a catch-22. Ego always does kick in because you're trying to do good things. And one day, I'm killing it. Like, I'm working harder than I've ever worked. I'm more tired than I've ever been. I mean, I've worked so hard during the last three years, harder than I've ever done at Deloitte or anything else, to do this eSport mission in my life, right, to help people. And I might honestly be making more money ever made, but I'm pretty freaking happy. And you can tell that, right? Like, but one day, like everyone, my ego kicks in, didn't close the deal. I'm pretty upset. And I'm just, it's okay to be upset. It's okay to be emotional. It's okay to have one day to yourself and curse and yell and scream. But the next day you get off, you get up off your ass and you keep going forward. That's okay. We're human beings. It happens to me all the time. I'm like, ah, and I get up. I'm like, gotta keep going. Nobody cares. You gotta keep going. Like (laughs) you've already vented. You gotta keep running. Just is what it is. And it was about karma. And my best friend who I mentee, he told me something that reshaped the way I thought. And he goes, see, he goes, Dave, the thing is, karma, the way you've taught me is, it comes back to you. But the problem is, you don't dictate when karma comes back to you. You can't control it. You don't control it. And at that very moment, I said, whoa, I said this to now thought the master, number one. But number two, it is so true. When you talk about the giving, that 10 years it took for me to be Clinton to be part of this, or the two years it took me that I was friendships with Professor Matt before I started teaching at a university, or all the things that are out there, the intentions exist with no intentions of trying to get anything besides just providing the value, the most I can give you right now, and continue to help you if you ask for the value. What happens after that is just an amazing thing. When it comes... It's a little bit of luck. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, if I can prove that an immigrant from Taiwan who was picked on, beat up, spit on for race, homeless, discriminated against, college dropout was told he wasn't going to be shit his whole entire life and can sit in front of a podcast now and have a top podcast, a top book, still grind out every single day and be absolutely completely happy with his life than anybody can do it. And that's just the truth. It's just up to you to want to do it. That's all it comes down to. Want to do it and be willing to do the work. Those are two of the most important pieces that you've pounded in our head in this episode. You've painted a picture that it's available for everybody. And I agree with you a thousand percent, but there is no shortcut. There is no hack. 
it's the work, it's the being a great person. And if you do those things, then the other things actually show up for you. David, man, you are a dream catcher, man. I'm so grateful that you are so generous with your time today. I am just baffled by the story. I don't think most people have any understanding of what it feels like to eat bugs, right? Like where you where you take this to? Now, I've been to Mexico. I've had some annex, right? You know, I thought though. about eating the crickets, but they're, I, good. I, they're good too. Yeah, <laughs> they still had their heads on. It was a little much for me, right? But you know, that was considered a delicacy when I did it. But to have to do it, right? To not have a choice, and then to realize you do have a choice and to make that life. You you said living in fantasy world earlier in the podcast. And I was like, wait, what is he talking about? You've created, you've made your fantasy a reality. You're, you're living your social proof that it's possible for us. And it doesn't matter where you start, man. So again, thank you so much for, jumping on with me today. And I, I look forward to learning more from you, my friend. Thank you. Can I leave everybody with, with one final thought? I like final thought you. and how to learn more about you too. Awesome. So follow me on uh, social media. It's David Chen Panda, PNDA, pretty simple. I hope you join our podcast as well. We've talked about that, but you know, you're a survivor. And I say this with, with all sincerity, if there's anything you learn from this is, you survived 100% of your worst days. Now think about that. Every time your heart was broken, death, heartbreak, you couldn't make it, you pulled yourself up and you're sitting here listening to this podcast, probably on your $1,000 phone or your $2,000 computer, which is really more money than 99% of the world has. You've been blessed. You've survived every time that you didn't think you, you, you failed and you were embarrassed and you got back up and you brushed it off. You survived every single heartache and pain and suffer and you brushed off and you made it. Everybody's a survivor, which is why you're going to make it. So stop being so afraid and just follow your dreams and do the right things because you survived a hundred percent of your worst days. And that's that. Love it. I love it, man. David, thank you so much to the listeners. Your dreams should be real. We'll talk soon. Thank you for joining the tribe today. We would love to hear from you. Please don't forget to rate, like, and share. Perhaps someone you know could benefit from what we've discussed. Until the next time, remember that your dreams should be real. <laughs>